We're talking about learning. We're talking about learning how to learn. We're talking about learning how to learn how to learn. It's going to be very meta. We'll see how many rounds of inception we can go on this episode of the Learning Geeks podcast featuring our special guest, Allison Horn, coming up next. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back hey. to the Learning Geeks Podcast. Hi, hey. everyone. And we've got Allison with us today. Thank you for having me back. We are so glad you're here. As our patron saint, you deserve to come <laughs> on much more often than we've had you on. I agree. And you know, I think I was supposed to get a pin of some sort that hasn't like made it my way. What am I supposed to get? Like the pin of the patron saint? Yeah, it's supposed to yeah that's that. absolutely. Yeah. It, no, it, it's it's coming. It's, it's on, on its, its way. way. It's, it's, in, in, it's production. in the mail. It's in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's on its way. <laughs> yes, that's definitely coming. Uh, I'm, I'm well, searching Amazon d- even as we speak. I'm trying to find. <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holidays are coming. It's time for gifts. So. Um, Hey, uh, before we dive into this, uh, we are all back in our respective homes. It was great seeing you guys live. Mm-hmm. It was just last week, right? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Like time has gone into a vacuum for me. I don't know where <laughs> I am or when. But uh, yeah, it was great seeing you. Uh, great seeing you. Um, I do have to tell you a really quick story, and then we're going to drop the topic altogether. Is uh, I, I was up on our uh, internal media site the other day to do work. And I saw a trending video and it was our podcast that we just recorded last week about the premiere of the Mandalorian. And I was like, (laughs) that's weird. I didn't know that it tailored the trending page to, you know, to the individual user. And then I realized, Oh no, that's not right. Actually our little podcast about the Mandalorian is the number one trending video across our entire company. I think that's extremely funny. When you text me that to, <laughs> to show me, I, I thought I can just imagine what your guys' as CEO are, is thinking about the top trending video and Mandalorian was number one. It speaks to the one. creativity of the <laughs> organization to do. is what it does. <laughs> that's right. And the hunger for for good content and things that are, are even more interesting. So that's all good. But uh <laughs> But that was a lot of fun, and um, we might have to do another Mandalorian after show because uh, it's the best Star Wars that's come out in 30 years. But that's just my opinion. Let's talk (laughs) about learning. Uh, Allison Horn has joined us. Allison, again, welcome. We're glad you're here. And we thought that what we wanted to talk to you about today was something that, you know, I I know we've all been talking about uh, in official and unofficial capacities, which is that... Uh, kind of learning isn't enough that that people need to learn how to learn or, or, you know, the premise that they can become better learners and how can we help them become better learners? And I know that's something that you're interested in. So what do you think? Where are, your, where are you at with that right now? It's probably an understatement to say that it's something that I'm interested in. If you've crossed paths with me in the past couple of years, you'd probably be more correct to say it's a soapbox that I jump on at any single opportunity. Uh, I just, I cannot get over how much we know about how the brain learns today compared to where we were 10 years ago and the extent to which we are sitting on top of all of this really great, wonderful information and it's not getting out there. That we're not, you know, as a collective society, 
making massive investments and taking what we're learning from the different labs and research centers and so forth and getting it into practice immediately. So huge opportunity and so much we can be doing here. I'm super excited that we're really making some progress here with learning to learn at Accenture, but huge, huge, huge opportunity ahead for sure. So Allison, I'm curious, what are some of the big nuggets? What are some of the examples of insights that you've had as you've studied this uh, that our listeners could apply right away? Sure. The first one, spacing. The importance of learning a little bit every day. The importance of allowing sleep cycles to get interspersed right into your learning. And, And truly, It's exactly why classroom learning becomes a really, really difficult mode for us to drive amazing durable learning at because classroom learning doesn't always give us that opportunity to drip feed the learning, if you will, right? Learn a little bit about this today and two or three days later, I'll come back and check in with you. We'll build on that. A day or two later, we'll build with it more, right? That's the spacing piece. In a perfect world, I'm combining the spacing with retrieval where I'm actually asking you to retrieve information after periods of time have passed. You know, to me, if we got only those two things more right with respect to how we learn in not only the professional, right, organizational settings, but even as we help our kids as they're going through, you know, more of the junior schooling years, it would be a huge, huge change in the right direction. All right. So, Allison, there are really two parts to the equation, right? The first part of the equation is what can the learning and development professionals do to make materials and content in a format or in a, you know, a way that they can deliver it so that it considers all of the principles around durability. The other part is the part we're talking about now, and that is what can the learner do to empower themselves to be better and more effective learners. Yeah, so the, I guess what I'm what I'm thinking or what I'm wondering is what are some good ways when people are already kind of overwhelmed with all of the things that they have to learn, what can we do to, I don't know if it's convince them or motivate them or inspire them to say, you know what, an investment in learning how to learn is actually going to help me uh, be more efficient. I speak about it using that exact word, Dana, efficiency right? When I talk about learning efficiency, and I will talk to learning about learning efficiency to anyone who will listen to me, I immediately say, like, this isn't actually about the cost of learning. This isn't about how many dollars are going out the door. This is the ratio between the time and the energy that you're investing into learning and what you're able to remember, what you're able to recall, what you're able to actually use, right? What you're learning in the future. So, it's a pretty compelling statement to be able to talk to someone who's, and say, this is an opportunity to make better use of your time. I'm not going to people and saying, you need to carve another two hours out of your day. You need to find more time. The message is, these are opportunities to take the time that you're already investing in learning and to get much better returns on the other end. So a phrase we've used a couple of times, put your brain in hyperdrive. Which is not a Star Wars reference. No. <laughs> It is not a Star Wars reference. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Dana, the whole put your brain on hyperdrive though, right? I mean, even that sort of implies that you you have to work harder, right? If you're going to put anything into hyper mode, that means it needs to be faster, needs to be more more energy in there. And, And I think there's a really important nuance here, which is this actually isn't about working harder. It's about working smarter, right? So it's not learning more hours, struggling more, right? 
it's actually just figuring out how to work in sync with how we're all naturally wired in the first place so that the time and energy that we are investing in learning, we're getting more on the back end. So we probably need to change the language about that because I know when I just had this conversation with a executive this last week, uh, when I say learn to learn, they're like, of course, we know how to learn. How could we right. have gotten to where we are today without being mm-hmm. able to how to learn? But it's about maximizing learning. It's learning how to learn better. No, exactly. I mean, I, I, was, I was in front of a group of you know, well over 100 of managing directors at our company just last week. And, and I asked that question, right? Show of hands, how many of you know how to learn? And I think because it was me standing up in front of the room, they all kind of looked at me and maybe a few hands went up, right? And I <laughs> laughed and I said, and I laughed and I said, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, you guys, you all know how to learn, right? You wouldn't be here if you didn't know how to learn. But yes, there is a huge opportunity for us to learn how to learn better, right? Which again, goes back to learning more efficiently, which is about getting better results from the time and energy that we're investing in learning. Which brings me to kind of my question, and or at least idea or thought, which is, you know, everything that we've ever teach, especially with with our people, tends to be around, I should say everything, but there are things around communication skills, right? There's uh, better problem solving skills, better presentation skills. There's all these very much, we'll call them these core, I'm putting air quotes, soft skills, mm-hmm. which really they're hard. But again, I think when people see them, it's like, yeah, I know how to communicate. I can talk <laughs> like, like, yeah, I know how to problem solve. I wouldn't get here. I know how to, you know, put together my tinker tours and my puzzles, right? I know how to problem solve. There's basic elements to it, but there's always another level, right? There's always another level and it's always accepted with those topics. But then when you bring up learning, there is this hes- hesitancy, like what you mentioned, which is, yeah, of course I know how to learn. And I think there's this realization that I think we need to help people start to understand, which is to, there is another level. There is another level that you can and that you can go, and that is to be more efficient, be smarter at it, um, and you can improve skills at it. So, I guess my question to this is: Have you ever thought, does a learning—I'm not going to call a course, but like a, a some type of time dedicated for this? Let's say at these larger programs that we do, or even a um, a session that allows people to kind of do it on their their own time. Should we put more emphasis on how to get up to maybe another level in terms of learning just the same way that we do it with communications and problem solvings and all these other topics? Jake, I have a dream that someday at our company, we are going to shut down learning across every single other aspect. We're going to shut down learning across tech, across industry, across function, right? Across all of these other things that we talk about in terms of, you know, professional skills, soft skills, hard skills, whatever. And we are going to do nothing for a quarter, for a full three months, but learn about learning. That we're going to teach the skill of learning. And then we're going to teach it from the perspective, right? And folks are going to learn it from that perspective of being a massive source of energy and empowerment for going forward. So if you're asking me, do I think we should be carving out time for this skill? I mean, my answer is absolutely yes. I want to go so far as to say, and someday we'll take a period of time to focus only on this skill. And on this area. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I've got a really creative way to describe that. It's something like um, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. <laughs> yes. 
And if you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Okay, it's Working funny that you say that. School. It's funny that you say that because the analogy that I always use is that we are so busy, right, in learning and development, trying to serve up the perfect seafood buffet, right? Mm-hmm. Raw fish, cooked fish, sushi, I, you know, all of that, right? I have to believe that a good portion of that time would be better spent actually handing people a fishing pole and having right. them figure out how to use it, right? Because mm-hmm. Reality is we can continue to spend all this time and energy trying to figure out exactly what perfect set of ingredients belong on that seafood buffet for each and every individual learner, but we will never get there, right? Our learners are too diverse. There's too much to learn. There's too much context that we just will never have from a truly personal side. We're just, we're never going to get to that perfect buffet, but what we can do, oh, think of the fishing poles we could give out, right? And teach yeah. people how to use. Mm-hmm. But especially in a world where where what you have to learn, the 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 half-life of skills and knowledge right now is continuing to shrink. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if we really invest in teaching somebody Python, it could be that a week from now nobody's using Python. They're on to something completely different. Right. Uh, much better to teach them how to learn a new programming language or or protocols or platform than to uh, really focus so much on the specifics. Right. Right. And, and and honestly, a lot of the times when we do, I think, larger programs specifically, or uh, where there's such a diverse audience and people come in from various backgrounds of terms of roles and, and skill level, what really truly matters a lot of times of what we're teaching and, and, and facilitating, it requires you as an individual to put in your own context and to to do that effort and make that work to, to help you start to connect the dots and see how it matters to you. And that in itself requires a, that skill and it is a very hard skill. So if I think of the last five years, especially right of, of my, you know, personal work into learning how to learn the science of learning. I mean, my skill level just personally of how I'm able to pick up things much faster. I mean, it's, it's crazy what I used to think what I was five years prior. Right. And that knowledge of what it takes for our brains to learn and how we as humans learn, having that knowledge has dramatically improved my own learning skill. So, I mean, to help other people see that and understand it as well, like it always gets me super excited and energetic because I think there's another unlock when they start to learn some of these things that, again, I think it's just assumed, oh, I know how to learn. I've done this. My, I've, all of us know how to learn. I think that's one of the trickiest things about the subject. So, but again, hopefully we can have that unlocked for more and more people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think part of, you know, we, I want to tie back to Allison's initial comment, and that is that there's a whole lot more science than there used to be. We know a whole lot more uh, than we ever did about how the brain learns, the, the physiological changes that take place when somebody actually learns something. We know more about how memory structures work. And, and with that knowledge, if you feel empowered and you can actually apply those things, and so this isn't just a, you know, a wish list or this isn't just a, you know, a nice way of changing habits or behaviors. This is all science-based and uh, proven over and over. And what I'm excited about is that, um, you know, when we talk with some of our neuroscience friends, they tell us that we only know a small portion, less than half is what the, I've been told. We know less than half of what there is to know about how the brain learns. So I think we're just at the beginning of a really exciting adventure. And it has implications not only on the professional world, but obviously also on the K through 12 and, and other 
like underdeveloped countries and helping them to be able to, to learn better. So I think there's a, a, a huge potential um, beyond where we are that's all science-based, and that's what I get excited about. Yeah, I completely agree, Dana. And you know, you know what's interesting to me is anytime I'm able to actually have a conversation with someone about this, right? We keep talking about how everyone says, well, I know how to learn. I, I learned how to learn a long time ago and, and so forth. Truth is, though, every time I have a conversation with someone and you're able to get into a little bit about what you just talked about, Dana, the fact that where we are today with respect to how the brain learns, right, is light years ahead of where we were 10 years ago. And, and there's light years still to come, right, with respect to our knowledge there. I see an immediate shift in that individual's reaction to this concept of learning to learn, right? This concept of, yeah, you know what? There is something else there. And sometimes I even start to feel that shift of people feeling slighted to say, and why didn't I know this 20 years ago, right? right. I've gone through schooling. Right. I've gone through exams. I did all of this stuff right? That science now tells me might have been helpful for me, right? In the very short term, I'm cramming for an exam that's happening in a couple of hours. And maybe this is why I remember next to nothing of my high school math class, right? Or next to nothing of my college level science class. Yeah. To your point, just today, a few of us were putting together some materials on this very topic to learn to learn. And as I was sitting with some of our new hires, they were saying that same thing. They're saying, I wish I would have known this when I was in college just last year. Uh, yeah, they're just yeah. things that some of them are simple techniques, but they're very powerful techniques. I may be sharing some of that content with my college students when they're home for Thanksgiving next week. <laughs> yeah. I share with my kids already. You guys, that is exactly where I was going to go next with this, right? So, so Jake, uh -huh. you'll remember a year or two ago, right? We were talking about how are we going to bring this skill to life, right, across our company. And mm -hmm. we were talking about the numbers of people that we could impact, right? And we were using... We were using the number of employees at the company as that's how many people will impact. And we took a step back and said, that's ridiculous. That's not, that's not the case, right? For every one person that we impact here in the organization, they will be able to turn around and impact two, four, five, ten others, kids that they have, nieces and nephews that they may know, people that are changing careers. This is the kind of knowledge that is not only so important in today's professional world, but important across every single aspect, right? Across every single age, you know, of people that we interact with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was so proud of my daughter the other day. So she got a certificate that she was like one of the one out of five people in her uh, school, in her elementary school. And her certificate said um, top self-directed learner. And I was, mm. felt that so proud. Like, that's not like one of your that. kids, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, one of the things that I teach her a lot and I talk to her a lot about when she's frustrated about not being able to pick something up, um, I, I always ask her, what, it, what, it, what does it always require? And she says, practice. And I said, yes, that is it. So she's understanding that it's patience, practice, spaced, trying, trying different things, trying in different scenarios. Like I'm teaching the basic elements at, at first. And again, not talking to her about certain parts of the brain and whatnot, but she understands the very, she's starting to understand those very simple strategies. And again, when I saw that, I was super, super proud because I'm passing that on to her as well as my, even my youngest, as much as I can, mm -hmm. you know, at three-year-old, right. But you, know, you can only do so much there. <laughs> but this is why, you know, when we look at how popular, for example, you know, Coursera's learning to learn class or learning how to learn class has become, 
And then you look at the spinoffs of that, right? The books, learning how to learn for college students, learning how to learn for, you know, the K-12 space and so forth, right? There's something there. People are finding this, they're finding it useful and being able to apply it immediately. Yeah. And and one of the things that's been fun um, uh, with, with my firm and, and my company is that we have been, um, a few of us internally have been reading books around how we learn and having some of these coaching sessions as well as uh, just dialogue, active active dialogue sessions here and there every other week or so has been really in, uh, interesting and, and also helpful for me for recalling some of the, some of the science, but also hearing from the my other colleagues learning the aha moments and just things that they were never aware of. Um, and that to me is always inspiring, right? Um, and hearing that they're discovering this whole new layer in world of what it takes um, to learn better. Um, and then again, I think I think we're seeing it more and more, like you said, Allison, and I think that's uh, it's very uh, intriguing and uh, inspiring to see. Well, and to Dana's point earlier, right, we know roughly half of or less than half of what there is to really know about how the brain learns, to think about the fact that we're going to be continuously discovering and learning more about this. Those kinds of conversations that you're talking about, Jake, the ones that you find energizing and inspiring, right? We have years of those to come. So the other thing that I think factors in is, um, and I'm going back to another quote from one of the folks that we interact with, uh, neuroscientists, and his comment was that, although we know a fair amount about how the brain learns, we're not very good at applying it yet. And so the reason I mention that is because I think when we, when we talk to L&D professionals, that's an, a great opportunity for L&D professionals, and that's what we do, is to figure out how can we bridge the gap between what the, the brain science community knows about learning mm -hmm. and what we're actually helping our people to be able to do. And I think that's kind of the kind of the gist of this whole podcast is we can be we can be really instrumental in taking this great science and making a difference. And Dana, this is what I talk about when I say we have to get to a point where we are unapologetic about brain science. We are unapologetic about designing and delivering learning programs in ways that are most natural for us as human beings. And it, and it means having that confidence to say no and having that confidence to suggest different paths when you have a business sponsor, whoever it may be, come to you and say, it needs to be done this way, or this is what we have to do. I mean, I've, I've found myself in conversations that I end up, you know, even unfortunately starting to sound a little flippant at times and saying things like, yes, you know what? We could absolutely do that. We could absolutely take 12 hours of content and shove it into a four-hour afternoon session on your topic. And if we did that, people would remember exactly nothing starting on Monday. You know, but mm -hmm. here are some other ways that we could go about doing that, which would actually get you to a point where people are remembering what you talked about two, three, five, you yeah. know, days and weeks later. Hey, everyone, this conversation is fantastic. I'm loving it. And I'm thinking, I don't quite want to stop. So I'm going to suggest, because we are starting to run out of time, that we do stop. But we have Allison come back on our show for the next broadcast. And we pick the conversation up right where we left off. What do you guys think? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think we have a couple minutes, but maybe this would be a good time. I think, Allison, you had this idea of the, the speed round. I think it would be yeah. kind of cool to wrap that up here. And then we could talk maybe our second topic in the next show. Okay. Let's do that. That sounds All good. Right. Okay. All right. Speed round. Bob, starting with you. 
the yeah. number one, number one resource, book, course, video, whatever it may be that has helped you learn about learning? It's not going to be a surprise, but it's Disneyland. Disneyland? Uh, no surprise. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is, I mean... Th- this is why I, I spend a lot of time up there because I, you know, I tend to be a lateral thinker. And what I find is when I go there, it puts me in a different frame of mind, uh, one of being create, creative, one of being childlike, and helps me think of things in a different way. So uh, I go there and then I sit down and I start working and start writing and I come up with different things and I learn more than I ever knew before. That wasn't the answer you were expecting, was it? Was it was it? not no. the answer I was <laughs> expecting. And I'm still not even sure that you answered the question that I asked. But that is a good skill of yours that you can answer questions even that aren't asked. So let me <laughs> rephrase this slightly differently for Jake. Jake, what is your number one resource that has taught you some of the brain science behind learning to learn? I mean, when I first started this, I think my first two books that I got into was Make It Stick as well as to How We Learn. I think that and again, How We Learn is one of those books that I am um, talking with a few colleagues of mine um, internally. And I think there's just a lot of core core skills and, and strategies to take. So I would, I would definitely recommend that. And then my other favorite book that I constantly go back to is the book Peak. I still love that book. Um, I think it opened my mind into a new world of, of practice and deliberate practice mental representations, and it really made me think about the importance of teachers and um, knowing what good looks like and how do you uh, take that next step. So those are, again, I, I want the book route, but I, I definitely get where Bob's going because that would be, I think, in our next topic, a little bit around the Disney stuff. All right, Dana, same question to you. All right. Well, Jake took all the good books. Uh, I would have said this, similar things, but uh, I also think that the, the Coursera course that you mentioned, the learning how to learn is a great resource. Uh, and then also for me, a lot of it has been in just just trying different techniques and being associated with people who love to learn um, and and mixing things up. Right. So uh, there's a couple of podcasts that Allison that you've mentioned that I now listen to on a regular basis. And there's some that Bob has mentioned. And um, so just tinkering and, and figuring out what works for me. The other book that I, that comes to mind is the book When by Daniel Pink. Mm-hmm. And although that's not directly about learning, I think there are some implications of what he's talking about um, because when you learn has an implication on on how effectively you learn. You know, and Allison, last one, and I'm throwing it in, and this is not a book. I seriously have gained so much knowledge of how we learn from my kids. And like stepping in their shoes and, 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 you know, as they've been growing, right. I have a three-year-old and six-year-old, but seeing the, the curiosity, the questioning, the exploration, the problem solving, and they do it all independently. Right. And that to me has opened my mind even more than just, again, what I've been reading and and practicing and, and doing in the work. But that has been a huge source of inspiration for me over the last couple of years, of, of even putting myself into that shoe, those shoes again and, and seeing what that leads to. So, Allison, what's your go-to source? Well, you guys have mentioned a lot of my go-tos already, right? So you've mentioned the Coursera course, and that is a course that you guys have heard me recommend to people all over the place. Um, 
Jake, you mentioned the book Make It Stick, right, which was really kind of the catalyst for for me getting interested in this, right? That book was handed to me by someone and I read it and thought, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that there was so much out here about this, right? And that was really a, a bit of a turning point for me. So rather than giving you perhaps my most significant one, I'll give you my most recent one, which is a book called Powerful Teaching, Unleashing the Science of Learning. And it is very much directed at the K-12 space. So Jake, to your point, right, I'm actually learning a lot from my students and so forth. Um, This book is very directed at the K-12 space, but obviously so much of it is also relevant for adult learning. And, And it allows me to make another point, which is, as organizational professionals, right, in the L&D space, I think we also have a huge opportunity to be paying more attention to what is going on in the early childhood education, right, the earlier education spaces that we can lift up into adult learning. And I said this, this book to me is, is a great example of that. And interestingly enough, I, that book was referred to me through the teachers of the Coursera Learning How to Learn course. So if you take that course, <laughs> right, they'll say, hey, you know, sign up for our you know, weekly emails, whatever it is, their weekly emails are fantastic. Their weekly emails are, you know, bringing all kinds of, hey, these things have been published. This is happening. This conference is going on. So so even as a follow-on to that course, right, they send you a little, you know, learning how to learn uh, email every week with, you know, what they're learning about and resources they're finding appropriate. So it's like the learning never stops. That's very cool. And it's spaced. Mm-hmm. Very. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that we can learn a lot we, we can learn a lot from K-12, and I think K-12 mm-hmm. can learn a lot from corporate learning. There should be much more back and forth yep. with that. But with that, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up, and let's have Allison back on in a couple of weeks. What do you guys think? We good? I think let's so. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Okay, so uh, on behalf of Allison and Dana and Jake, this is Bob saying thanks for joining us, and join us again in a couple of weeks. We'll pick up the conversation on our next episode of the Learning Geeks podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Back, back, why you back? I can be back, back, why you back?